0: Welcome everyone to a very special edition of Retro Counter. Uh Unlike our normal ones, this is uh, what we're titling a bonus round episode. Where we'll be t- talking about a very special topic, completely different than just playing through games.
1: We're gonna smash a car to a timer, and then see have that point those points added to our score at the end before we fight M Bison. Was I
0: supposed to get a car before we started this?
1: What you, you don't have the car? Then how how are we supposed to like lightning leg it to into the ground?
0: Ah, this whole podcast is blown.
1: Ah, damn it. Well, how about we talk about something else instead?
0: What would you like to talk about, Mike Salosi?
1: Well, Josh Curry, I was thinking we could talk about Blizzard.
0: Blizzard? That's not an RPG.
1: Well, no, it's it's an item commonly found in Dairy Queen restaurants, but um, it's also a video game developer of popular titles such as Warcraft, Starcraft, and Diablo. It's almost like you practice that you making it sound very professional. I'm not sure I like this. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'll make it more casual. So uh, BlizzCon happened a week and a half ago or so, and we want to talk about it, right? Absolutely. Why wouldn't I want to talk about BlizzCon? Yeah, I mean, I think when, when we record Retro Encounter, quite often you're playing Hearthstone and I'm playing Diablo.
0: Yes, and everybody <laughs> has to tear us away from it. Um, and nobody yeah. ever seems to actually happy to have to do it because they're like, you should know by now we're... Almost 20 for ep- We are 20 episodes in. Yeah. wow.
1: At least once, uh, I think it was Caitlin or Marcos asked that uh, that I stop clicking so loudly because I don't, I don't know, I was in a greater rift or something, and and uh, my Diablo super clicking was very audible.
0: The worst part is though, even with your to quote unquote super clicking, you're still quieter than uh, our editor Peter Triesenberg's typing on a keyboard.
1: Oh well, that'd be a good look, he has an he has the on uh the micro the microphone right on his laptop and 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 I have a desktop mic setup so it's uh that's not a fair comparison but whatever
0: Let's it's either here play. or there <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so blizzcon happened we're actually a full week out of blizzcon so it's kind of nice we got to see like hearthstone came out which they announced we there's more news about starcraft since that's all rolling out to everybody um so it we kind of get to take a step back from the Excitement and getting caught up in the news, and kind of take a deep breath and actually look at it in a kind of a, a slightly more calm manner. I think we're both very still excited. Um,
1: yeah, I'm uh, the the announcement, the uh, changes that were announced for Heroes of the Storm at BlizzCon roll out in a few days on November eighteenth, which you know dates this podcast as a few days before November eighteenth. But I'm super excited for all of it. It's going to be so great. I uh, I mean, the only Blizzard games I play super deeply now are uh, he- Heroes of the Storm and Diablo 3, but all of the changes look really exciting.
0: Yeah, so I uh, just kind of explained my history with Blizzard. Oh, sure. um, I I was aware of Blizzard, obviously, always, and I, I was always aware of who, who didn't know about World of Warcraft, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I jumped in around Burning Crusade, but I was still a very casual Blizzard follower, and it wasn't until kind of Things were ramping up for StarCraft Two that I don't I don't know how or why, but I got super super involved. I was watching streams back then when it wasn't even as necessarily as big of a thing, um, but I was watching every tournament for StarCraft. And that you, that's kind of never, how...
1: did you never play the first StarCraft?
0: Oh no! So <laughs> the first StarCraft is like one of my terrible things of shame. Um, <laughs> I did not play it. I was not a PC gamer at all, um, and I got it. And I have played the tutorial mission and the first mission fifteen times.
1: Permission to speak freely, sir. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I played a lot of that. But yeah, keep going, keep going.
0: And every time it's like I get to that, I it's like, well, I, I finally got to where I, it's going to be new content. I'll turn it off for the night. I'll jump in tomorrow, and then the next day rolls around, and I was like, all right, well, I got other stuff to do. Um, and so that's how it's always been, and. I sadly have done the same thing with StarCraft, too. It, it ends up being I, I more so just enjoy watching StarCraft more than playing it, I guess. I like the storyline, but I just don't. Which is funny, because I love that game type, typically. Um, but yeah, that was kind of me leading into, like, oh, there's this Blizzard world. Like, I really enjoy this. And even if I wasn't going to play the games, I became kind of a rabid fan from that point on.
1: Yeah. That's kind of
0: like short story of it.
1: Sure. Uh f- for me I guess I started a little earlier than you. Um I uh f- around the time around the same time probably 96 ish I uh I played Diablo at a friend's house with a LAN network and Warcraft 2 at my, at the same friend's house via a LAN network and I was really I was really keen on both of those, even though Diablo scared me a little bit. I think I was like ten. I think I was ten years old, and the butcher was scary.
0: No, uh, so, I was about the same yeah. <laughs> like same age, and you're like you, you. It's one of those like I'm playing this, but I know my parents don't want me to be playing yeah, this.
1: It was at a friend's house, but anyway, I managed to um. We we our computer was okay at my house, even though our internet wasn't. So I got Warcraft two, but could only really play the single player and uh and custom maps because my internet was so bad. And, um, but I, I really loved Warcraft 2, and I eventually got into, you know, as my computers got better and my internet got better, I was able to play StarCraft and Diablo 2 within a few years after they uh, first came out. And uh, Warcraft 3 was one of the most exciting PC game launches to me uh, for me ever, because I loved Warcraft 2 and Warcraft 3 looked so good. Mm-hmm. So I played Warcraft 3 shortly after it came out. But I never played WoW. And that's because I am terrified of MMOs and what they might do to me since I have a, you know, I'm, I am I love RPGs and I have sort of an addictive personality. So if I can get obsessed with an RPG and play it 80 hours in six weeks, what would an MMO do to me?
0: It'd be 80 hours a day. Yeah, it would I, know be- that, I know that math doesn't work out, but that's <laughs> right? what it feels like.
1: No, I would bend the space-time continuum and play more than 25 hours a day of an MMO. So I have, I've avoided WoW all these years. But I still, whenever a new expansion comes out, I'll uh, go and read wikis and stuff uh, to figure out <laughs> like what they've been doing. And wow, since uh, since I've never been playing it, like uh, oh when like when Frozen Throne came out, I was like oh they're finally gonna take on Arthas. And uh, when Cataclysm came out, I was like oh oh they're fighting Deathwing. This is awesome. Yeah. So like I I am pretty I'm not deeply knowledgeable, but I you know have a Decent feel of what the WoW lore is doing, and I've been obsessed with Diablo, um, really since Diablo 2. But I've been, but I've been a long-time fan of Blizzard and their games for many years. I, I, uh, I liked, I played StarCraft one when it, uh, in like the early 2000s, but never really got into two. Uh, I am deeply entrenched in Diablo 3 right now, and even though I never was a MOBA player before, I really, really like Heroes of the Storm. And, I, and I've been playing that a lot the past six months or so. So it looks like you and I both enjoy our Blizzard games.
0: Yes. And, absolutely.
1: And both of us uh, followed BlizzCon quite closely. You um now I think we talked about this before. You had a virtual ticket, right?
0: Yes, I had to get one. There's hey. a card back with it. I had to do it.
1: Uh, I. <laughs> I thought about it. You get a Diablo pet and a Diablo portrait from it, and I think a mount in Heroes of the Storm. But I yep. can't justify the 40 bucks. But now I wish I had because of some of the new bonuses we learned about it. But we can talk about that later. Um, I fo- I was watching it on my phone at work on that Friday, uh, and then but then only followed websites and blogs about it after the uh the first main stage <clears throat> announcement.
0: Yeah, and that was that was the other reason. Uh with where I work, I almost get no cell phone reception. Um, and I, I had to very, least, I wanted to see all the main kind of talks, but I also wanted to watch the entire Hearthstone tournament. And we won't get into all the craziness that happened with eSports, but right. like I, I wanted to track all that and it just makes it easier. You, I came home Friday night, I pulled up the full list of all the recordings and I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this. And I was just kind of like cherry picking like, Oh, let's watch overwatch. Let's talk with them. Um, oh, let's watch them talk about Hearthstone. Oh, let's watch this game. And I just went through like Friday night. I My wife was out of town, and I I think I stayed up until, like, four in the morning, (laughs) catching up on everything, and then I, I, like, got my two hours of sleep, like, woke up, did all, like, my weekend housework, and I was like, all right, it is time to watch just all things Blizzard the rest of the night. I guess the rest of the day, but it it seemed like the rest of the night, because I didn't stop until, like, ten that night. Um, So it was a very very Blizzard weekend for me, uh, which it was... Spectacular. so the virtual ticket actually worked out uh it didn't last year I got it as well last year and I felt kind of cheated mm-hmm. um but this year I definitely got my money's worth of watching all the content so it was nice
1: right so um should we just go down the uh the order of games that they talked about well not only games all there's also some some movie trailers involved uh from the opening ceremony sure yeah All so, right. so uh,
0: we'll we'll start with starcraft two and we'll kind of Wander around, no alphabetical yeah. order, because screw that.
1: Sure. I think they had to start with StarCraft 2, really, because Legacy of the Void had just came- come out days earlier. Or or actually, no, it was going to come out a few days later, right? Yeah, it was
0: coming in days later.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah. So they, yeah, uh, it came out on a Tuesday, and that big opening ceremony was the previous Friday. So they were, there was a lot of Legacy of the Void talk. Yeah. Um, And I think the StarCraft fans were a little worried, because... Like, uh, StarCraft doesn't really have um, ongoing money-making aspects to it. Like, it doesn't have a subscription service. It doesn't have uh, in-game microtransactions like Hearthstone or Heroes do. Uh, So, I think the fans were a little bit worried, but Blizzard announced that they were going to do add-on packs, like mission packs, story-related DLC.
0: Which is so cool. And we're finally going to get our our StarCraft Ghost, which...
1: we've been waiting for it for
0: decades
1: well no i mean starcraft ghost was supposed to be a a stealth fps this is going to be just more starcraft 2 missions so about about the ghost character
0: funny story about this i'm cleaning up my whole house i i keep all my console boxes so when i move they don't get destroyed
1: sure i pull out
0: my original xbox box oh that's terrible to say um on the back they always back then they always had the pictures like Halo's coming out, this is coming out, this is coming out. And I look at one of the squares and I was... Was there, Starcraft a, ghost ghost. Ad-
1: there was a ghost advertisement?
0: <laughs> and I looked and I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> Probably the game I, next to Halo on that box I was the most excited for. And I was like, "That never even saw that. That, that sucks.
1: You know, I have a related story to that. I um, was going through old boxes a few weeks ago. And it was uh, while I was playing Deus Ex for uh, other Retro Encounter episodes, but I think it was before we recorded. And I found my old Final Fantasy VII PC box, which was this weird, like, trapezoid shaped thing. And, the, <laughs> and it had two ads on the back for other IDOS games, because IDOS did the PC port. One was the original 2000 Deus Ex, and the other one was for Die Katana, <laughs> 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 which, you know, is a, that disaster of a game. <laughs> yeah, that, that from, didn't
0: go very well.
1: <laughs> like famously, one of the most disastrous launches of all time. But whatever. Uh, back to Starcraft too. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's really cool that they're gonna keep supporting the game through these packs, and the first one comes out in the first half of 2016.
0: Which I think is great. It's it's a great turnaround. Um, one of the things we're not gonna jump to Hearthstone quick, like very quickly. But one of the nice things about Hearthstone is they have basically every four months there's new content. Right. Um, and it's the same thing. You you look at what they're doing with Heroes, what they're probably going to do with Overwatch. And it, it's it's one of those things, you're constantly getting engagement with the fans, you're giving them what they want, you're giving them a better experience. And arguably you could say that's one of the problems that WoW has been having is there's not enough content constantly.
1: Yeah, um, it only has then... those these annual packs. And uh, not to jump around a little bit, WoW has declined in um, in users heavily for the past two or three years. Like when they peaked... Around, uh, I think it was around Wrath of the Lich King or C- Cataclysm. Their their highest number of subscribers was around eleven or eleven and a half million. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, and it's now, insane. And now it's about half of that. It's in the low. It's in it's five million and change now, which is um. And I, I, they
0: even I, announced that they're not even going to talk about numbers anymore.
1: Yeah, it, which, which is not encouraging. But um, they no. don't. Uh, I I think that it's not really worried uh, I don't think Activision Blizzard is worried about that anymore. WoW is WoW still makes money but isn't it's a their Yes, yeah, it isn't their big money maker anymore.
0: Right, and th- I think that leads into there's reason to be concerned with uh StarCraft. You look at everything else, they're moving towards almost this free to play model of very fully esports. Which obviously StarCraft is like the original esport. Yeah. But uh it's just it doesn't suit itself as naturally to having this continuous content, and I, I think the mission packs are a really creative way to get around it,
1: yeah I mean it'll be a way for people to you know be interested in Starcraft once every five months or whenever however often they uh they release these packs, and it'll you know, like you mentioned before it'll it's a way a way of for them to engage in the community more than just once a year, and it'll make some money for them because I'm sure every Starcraft fan will want to download these packs yeah, and then
0: it, it's already worked on me i I was hesitant with Legacy of the Void because I, I did not. I played a decent amount of the first one, did not play the second expansion at all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know I want this, but I'm not convinced I'm going to play it. Because you always get wrapped up and it's like, well, I have two, three years before the next expansion comes out. I don't need to finish this. Um, but now with these monthly, like, not monthly, but this continual update, it makes me want to jump in. It makes me want to catch up. I want to see all these little stories. I want to see what they're doing with it because I think it is. Lots of interesting opportunities for them to do really cool things with the story.
1: Yeah, it's and also I, I don't really know what the story of Legacy of the Void is since it just came out and I haven't been seeking out spoilers. But it'll, it'll let them continue the StarCraft story a little bit. And that's yeah. and that's cool. I mean, because the made the the first StarCraft one was amazing. I I was blown away by the by the story and the worlds and the lore and the three different races of StarCraft and um that they're gonna continue it in i mean in uh in 2016 that'll be the 19 year anniversary of the first starcraft it's it's amazing that they're having to continue on this long it's maybe not as <laughs> not as richly detailed as as what warcraft has been doing but it's really cool story stuff looking forward to uh, how these how popular these packs end up being
0: and i think that's the great thing about blizzard is they they make they, they always say they focus on fun which anybody that's play their games will say yes this out of anything else in this genre that they chose to make this game, this is probably the most fun, or at least it's very close. Just to leave the argument, so I don't have to argue with anybody.
1: But um, Blizzard is the king; are the kings of real-time strategy. You don't need to. Yeah. No one's going to argue against that.
0: But it's their dedication to the worlds and the stories, and we'll use this as a kickstart to go into the actual Warcraft movie. But sure. 19 years—that's amazing. You look at Diablo, how long that's gone. You look at. Uh, Warcraft and the World of Warcraft now into the movie. They build these just huge worlds that you can just get lost in beyond just anything with games. You can you can go into the movie, uh you can go into books, you can now go into movies. And I could very quickly see StarCraft possibly doing something similar to the Warcraft movie.
1: Yeah, it's I think uh, um Blizzard did a couple games that weren't Warcraft or Diablo or StarCraft early on like Lost Vikings and Blackthorn and stuff. Right. But basically from 1995 or 96 until they launched hearthstone in what 2013 yeah um those were the only three franchises they did
0: and And if anybody wants to like talk like hear about that transition period i highly recommend the book stay a while and listen
1: oh right yeah that, that um it, good rec i i haven't read that book but i've heard other podcasts and other articles mention it it's but yeah, absolutely it, it, fantastic but blizzard is amazing at just building up the lore of those three universes that they were focused on so deeply for so many years and uh and if you were a brand new if you're brand new to blizzard and getting into these for the first time you have basically two decades of lore and content to explore which is overwhelming but still pretty amazing yeah But going to the very beginning of that lore is the Warcraft movie because um I I think at the, at the uh, opening ceremony Dr. Duncan Jones who is a uh, the only movie of his I've seen is Moon which is an amazing movie. He's also done Source Code. I yeah, I didn't see that. But uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but he mentioned being a fan of Warcraft uh uh from the uh from the first game and the first Warcraft movie is going to focus on the first game they're not gonna do any wow stuff at all
0: which is which awesome is, for me right i'm ecstatic about because I, I i like i said i started with wow so i know wow went on i know there's like 200 books out there of everything else and you always hear like all these lore nuts which you like listen to them as like this is unbelievably cool um so for me this is going to fill in an area that i just have zero understanding of i i kind of like picked up bits and pieces
1: yeah, my most, of my most of my understanding of Warcraft 1 lore is from reading the manual of Warcraft 2, which I did when I was 10. But yeah. uh, uh, I, I think a lot of fans are like you, and, and most, if not all, of their uh, Warcraft involvement is from WoW. And so for them to start at the beginning, when most of their fans would be coming from WoW, is a really interesting choice, but also makes me think... They're going to try and make this a mega franchise, aren't they? Oh, this,
0: is gonna, this is like the new Marvel universe. Like.
1: <laughs> They're going to make like eight Warcraft movies just to, going through an, ex, like an expansion and a half every movie.
0: <laughs> I think it could be immensely cool. You start talking about. And it, the great thing is, it doesn't have to be expansions as well.
1: Well yeah, they I mean they'll just name them Warcraft 1 Warcraft 2. It doesn't we don't know what kind of long-term franchise plans they have for it, but they have enough lore and enough main Warcraft story to do like 10 movies. And I I wouldn't be surprised if the, you know, board of directors meetings at Activision Blizzard are like, "So how many movies can we stretch this out <laughs> to be?"
0: Yeah, and it's one of those things uh first trailer obviously that basically the whole everybody got to see which it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. It immediately went from I was interested in the movie, like I knew I was going to see it. It went from it is currently now behind Star Wars the most excited movie for me coming up in the next couple of years.
1: For me, yeah. it's it's probably behind Star Star Wars and behind Hateful Eight since I'm a unapologetic Quentin Tarantino fanboy. Fair enough. But I uh, I'm I'm really excited by it. It's about I think it's about Duritan who is Thrall's father and um. A bunch of different human royalty, including Arthas's father, uh, from Lordaeron. Even though Warcraft One and Two, I think, is mostly Azeroth and not Lordaeron, but whatever. So, uh, yeah, th- this is basically the generation before the Warcraft Three characters, and uh, um, the orcs first crossing from the dark portal, the demons first finding the orcs and trying to influence them, and uh, yeah, it's orcs versus humans. And Which is so it's so evocative.
0: Even if you don't yeah. understand anything with Warcraft, you're just looking at. You sit down on a Saturday with like your family, your spouse, whatever. like your girlfriend, and you're like, "Hey, let's go watch a movie." You're watching something, and you're like, "Hey, this is really cool. Look at those orcs. Look at this. This person's riding on an eagle. Look at those that big shoulder pads." It's something I, I could see Giant bringing... loud shoulder pads. Yes. Tell <laughs> us um, like of those... NFL linebackers. It, it, I think the NFL linebackers would be terrified of the shoulder pads. <laughs> um, it's one of those things that like, I could see this bringing outside interest. Like This is not... Originally when they announced it, it, was like, there's going to be 12 million people that go see this.
1: and They will be the 12 million Warcraft yep. World of Warcraft subscribers.
0: It, but it looks like they've done such a great job with it. It's not going to be one of those traditional video game movies. That it's it's for those fans and probably even pisses those fans off. Uh, yeah, I, I some, see this being much more of a cultural phenomenon than it I originally planned it to be.
1: Possibly, and I mean both you and I are very optimistic about the movie, but um, some people aren't as optimistic. They're accusing it of being too shiny, because I mean the yeah. the, the CGI of the orcs looks really clean and nice, but maybe not as. Grimier or as gritty as the uh, nasty-looking orcs from uh, from the Lord of the Rings movies, but yeah. I I'm really excited. It's uh, uh I mean they're they're gonna have a built-in audience of most of the Blizzard fan base, and it, because it looks like a if you just bill it as a huge epic fantasy uh, clash movie, then it it could get some mainstream interest as well outside of the Blizzard mainstream. Yeah. So I'm. I'm really excited. I know Duncan Jones is a good director. He's a great and, director. Yeah, and he, uh, I, I, I don't know if I'll do this opening weekend, but I definitely want to see this in the theater.
0: Yeah, this is this is one of those things that I, I compare it to Avatar almost, which is, Oh, okay, the, the little love story that they're having, possibly. Anyways, it kind of. Oh,
1: oh yeah, who who would the would it be the um Garona and Mediv? I guess. Yeah. Because I I think their characters in the movie. Medivh
0: is, i know that
1: and there uh, was yeah um hm
0: but anyways you like you start looking at that like more if, i don't know the names as well so i'm just going to say the more human looking orc and it's like oh yeah, she's a she's a girl she's talking to a guy
1: yeah well she's um and
0: that's that's going to go down
1: yeah that, that's garona she's half orc um at first that she thought she was going to be half or- orc half human but later in the series you realize she's half orc half dranai
0: right i knew that uh,
1: yeah, but – and she's a major character in uh, Warcraft 1. She's like a spy that uh, goes between the humans and the orcs and is like a double agent. And she eventually has a child with Medivh. But I, I don't know. I don't know if they'll exactly go with the info that was in the WoW 2, in the WoW 2 – in the Warcraft 2 manual.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's one of those things. I, 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 I compare it to Avatar because it was this big – I mean, there's a lot of CG. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of things to see on screen. Yeah. And it's one of those things that it it can be very both simulating visually and with the audio, and something you can get across on TV at your house. But I've watched Avatar in the theaters multiple times. I've seen it at home multiple times. It has never been as good as that first time I saw it in theaters. Oh
1: really? I only saw it, it once. I thought it was, I thought it was good, but I, I didn't need to see it again, I guess.
0: I didn't want to see it multiple times, but it was one of those things like, oh, my wife and I went. Oh, so-and-so has to go, and for some reason we have to go. And so I saw it like four times in theaters, and I was like, yeah, well, at least it was. I only paid it for the first time.
1: Hmm, okay. Uh,
0: but it, it's one of those things, there was so much there. Like, it was the first movie with 3D. I don't think I want, necessarily want to see this in 3D, but it, there, there was an experience there, and I, I think Warcraft could very easily be the same thing.
1: Do You think it could be sort of an event kind of a movie? maybe yeah. not maybe not at the level of an avatar or, or a Star Wars, but you know at, maybe like one tier below that,
0: yeah, and yeah. it's one of those things like i I show the trailer to my wife, and she hates world of Warcraft, hates it because of with how my personality is, I disappeared for months. <laughs>
1: It's and, funny because a lot of people meet their spouses through World, World of Warcraft. Your spouse wanted nothing to do with World of Warcraft. No,
0: she hates World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy because they ruined my life. Um, <laughs> and she saw this and she's like, "We need to see that. That looks really good." Um, so it, I, I, th- I think it's I think it could be a really big thing. Cool. So we'll, we'll move on to that. Something I know you're very excited to talk about. Oh, Heroes yes. of the Storm.
1: I love Heroes of the Storm. You. You probably see me playing it if if you log on to Battle.net. It's and it's like and I'm not at work. I'm likely just idling in the menu or something. I uh, uh, Heroes of the Storm. If you don't know, it's a MOBA. So it's you know it's a a cohort of League of Legends or Dota 2, which all have their roots to Blizzard weirdly, but that's not that's not a conversation we need to have now. No, let's not do that. Uh, Yeah, let's not at all. So anyway, so it's a MOBAs are basically five on five. Uh, battles where you use sort of a simplified RPG character like throughout the game you're fighting the other team, you're leveling up and learning new skills and uh, a a match of Heroes of the Storm usually takes about 20 minutes and they take characters from all over Blizzard universes there's about I want to say like 44 or 45 characters in the game now and uh from war- and they're all Warcraft, StarCraft or Diablo characters except for the Lost Vikings which are a pre- <laughs> which are in the game and they're pre they're pre Warcraft Blizzard heroes. So and uh for at BlizzCon this year they announced um some n- a new battleground or a new map for heroes of the storm they announced a new playstyle called arena which instead of having a giant map with uh, like six forts on it there's it's going to be just a simple skirmish one fort one objective one lane map that'll they'll launch which, next which is they okay. can't be so cool oh yeah it'll be great it'll be uh like t- it'll be like a 10 minute match you you uh your character gets picked randomly at the beginning instead, I... of, instead of working on a detailed team composition
0: I I know that it, we're not going to talk about esports. I I hope that next year's BlizzCon there is a tournament just for that.
1: I think there will be separate tournaments for traditional and arena.
0: I, I I think that could be such a cool addition. And it there's the the general basic skills are still going to be present, but it changes enough about the strategy. You're not going to be jungling, you're not going to be doing this or that on the side. It's very concentrated encounters. Um, And I I think, first of all, I think it's more dynamic for the general audience that is going to watch the game.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, basically, a regular game of Heroes of the Storm will be, you know, this big map with multiple lanes and and the the strategy will be like how you... Like how you split up your team to do de- to deal with different objectives and stuff, and this are- these arena maps are just going to be team fight right at the beginning, boom, and uh, and that's it. They're they're not even going to have regular leveling up. You just choose your uh, special heroic ability at the beginning, and that's it. And and the teams get ridiculous. Like there was one of the skirmishes that they show was three Illidan's versus three Illidan's, <laughs> and you know Illidan's a Warcraft character, and in Heroes of the Storm he's just a, a he's just a melee. Slashy, 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 jumpy, jumpy assassin. But, uh. So, yeah, so they announced the arena mode, and they also announced, uh, four new characters, um, three of which are going to be at the end of 2015, and the fourth one will be, who is, uh, Tracer from Overwatch. She's going to be releasing late next year. They only announced her because they announced you were getting her free in the Overwatch special bundle. <laughs> yeah, the Origins so, Edition. Yeah, so she got a, she got leaked a little bit, and they acknowledged, yeah, she's going to be in the game, but we don't know when she's getting her. So, yes. so yeah, so uh, the three characters that they did announce were uh, Greymane, the werewolf from uh, World of Warcraft, who, I, who interestingly is in the Warcraft 2 manual, but he's only mentioned as the leader of one of the kingdoms. And uh, Lunara, who is a generic dryad from Warcraft. She's like not in any of the uh, older games, but she's just a dryad, and they decided to make, name one Lunara. And the third one is the really interesting one. So cool. It is Cho'Gall the Ogre. Um, two-headed ogre. He, oh, yes, he's a two-headed ogre. Two-headed ogres have been in, in Warcraft for a long time. But he, in Heroes of the Storm, he's interesting, because normally Heroes of the Storm is a five-on-five game. But uh Chogall is controlled by two players. one player controls the the warrior head who moves and attacks and uh and does and has like physical special moves and the other player controls the 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 mage head who casts powerful spells' basically like while the while one head controls the ogre the second player is riding shotgun and like blasting magic from him it's it, it, if you choose Chogol, two players control him and you basically play four on five, but he is much more powerful than a regular than a regular hero. It looks insane. I, I can't wait to, to try him. And um, the reports from BlizzCon was he is so crazy powerful that if you do well with him, you will win. But because he counts as two deaths and gives double experience and could potentially create a three on five situation just by him dying, like doing poorly with him will swing uh, the battle the other way. But it's such a hard swing. Yeah, it looks so crazy and so fun. I can't wait to try him. And the craziest part of all might be how they're introducing him. The Chogol uh,
0: virus. Yeah, That's yes. the best phrase I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they, they like immediately compared it to a virus when they described it because – now here's where I'm jealous about your virtual ticket, Josh. Uh, anyone that attended BlizzCon in person or had a virtual ticket will get him immediately on the 17th when he launches. And so you will and I won't. I think there's also a small lottery of people that will get Cho'Gall, but uh, I'm not counting on that. So you'll get him and I probably won't. <laughs> but if you do have him, as long as one person owns him, you can play two-player with Cho'Gal. So even though I don't have him, you and I could play, could use him together in a battle. And as a non-owner, if I use him twice with owners, then I automatically get him. And if I, uh, if you, um, play four games with people that do not own him, then you get a bunch of gold in Hurriers of the Storm. So you play twice with me then I then that means I'll get him. And if you play with two other people uh, twice more with people that don't own him, then you'll get a pile of gold that you can use to buy other heroes. And that man th- that's They say be how crazy. much gold it was going to be? 2200. <clears throat> it's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. It's a, um, a hero costs between 2000 and 10000 depending on how recent they are. Yeah. The uh, the older ones are cheaper. But uh so yeah, um, every single quick match and every single versus AI match for the next several months are going to have a chogall in them.
0: There's going to be chogals everywhere. There's
1: going to be chogals every single fight, <laughs> and um, and it's it's going to be amazing. I he's going to shatter the meta. It uh. Like n- once they explained how he works people immediately forgot all about Greymane and Lunara.
0: Yeah, that was the only <laughs> sad part, is like, that's all anybody talked about. There's <laughs> Nobody cares about the new maps, nobody cares about the new people, nobody cares about Overwatch starting to come in. Everybody cares about Cho'Gall and that's it's, all anybody has talked about. It's
1: crazy. I'm going to get very annoying bugging you to play with me as soon as it launches so I can get him and then spread him to my friends via the Cho'Gall virus. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> It it sounds so awesome. Uh hot uh Heroes of the Storm has been my major blizzard addiction for the past few months, maybe even more so than Diablo three. And this sounds so crazy.
0: It, it it really is. I I guess the only downfall to this, which I, I I'm not even sure it's necessarily a complaint, and I, I I think you you'll be able to give a good response to this. Blizzard typically does such a good job balancing everything. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Heroes of the Storm. For the the amount that I have played, the feeling I always get, and this is where people say it's it's pay to win.
1: Um, it's I don't really I, feel it's pay to win, but uh, I, I've I've spent twenty dollars in total, and they were all on uh on mounts and skins. Okay. Well, everybody always makes the
0: argument that it's only the new character. Every new character that is added breaks the system. They are so overpowered that it it just destroys the out and that's what everybody should be playing. And that's my only. And I understand there's there's lots of complexities to Cho'Gall, um, and obviously you don't have to buy them either, so it's it's not necessarily pay to win. But it feels like it is coming in and it's just going to destroy the meta.
1: Right. Well, that's and it's um. I I I understand where you're coming from, and in some cases that is true. But it, I don't think it's so much pay to win, so much as just power creep, where yeah. the, new, the new stuff will always be a little stronger than the old stuff. And in in Hearthstone, it's even easier to say that because you'll oh, see absolutely. you'll see cards that cost the exact same amount as older cards, but are, you know, they're like a plus three bonus instead of a plus two bonus. They're clearly better, even though they cost the same amount of mana. But in in Heroes of the Storm. Uh, they really they want it to be a big esport, so they really are focusing on balance. And uh sometimes it's better than others, like when they introduced Leora Leora uh, Leora. Leoric and Johanna over the summer, they immediately became the two meta warriors until yeah. they got until they got nerfed in September, October. But when they introduced Artanis and Medic, uh over the past two months, they and Rexar in September as well, neither none of them really uh entered the meta at all, like Rexar and Medic were niche picks in, at the BlizzCon tournaments and so it's sometimes it's true that the power creep happens in Heroes of the Storm even though they'll typically nerf them a few months later like they did for Johanna and Leoric but uh, there's no avoiding it with Cho'Gall, he is going to shatter the meta, having a like, having a hero that is as good as two heroes just is, ask, I mean you're asking for it basically
0: yeah, the only nice thing is because it takes two people. First of all, I, I just don't think there's enough players out there that are going to be good at it. Yeah,
1: well, that's true, and um, I think in the pro scene, he's either immediately going to get banned every yes. single every single uh, uh, major major match, or there's going to be anti chogol strategies. Yep. Like like if if Chogall gets drafted into a pro game, then the other team are going to draft a bunch of Like you know, ranged giant killer assassins just to focus on Chogall and have that you know two death swing happen in their favor instead.
0: And that's the only nice thing is the there there is lots of consequences if things go wrong. Yeah,
1: and at one level it's a bummer because any match that has Chogall in it is going to immediately become a Chogall centered match. (laughs) But it's such a cool concept and such a uh, and so much fun. And I'm not a pro player, obviously, so I I'm really excited by it and. Uh, yeah. so yeah, that's going to happen in just a few days for us, depending on when we edit and release this episode. <laughs> yeah, but...
0: so that, to kind of use that that last, as the next, we're just going to keep rolling. Right. So we're going to roll into Hearthstone, but you, you had mentioned that it's something so different that it's changing how things work. And it,
1: yeah, and, and I love that, man. It, like, these aren't a bunch of just generic, uh... Characters that are one move or one stat different from another <clears throat> character. This, there is nothing like Cho'Gall in any MOBA. Yeah. And mate and you. I don't know if there's many things like him in, in, in any video game. So I'm super excited to see what happens.
0: And I think that was one of the key takeaways I actually took away from BlizzCon as a whole is we had this understanding of what StarCraft was. Now there's mission packs. Boom, I'm blown. Right. And there's going to be a stealth-focused one. Again, mind-blown. We move into Heroes of the Storm. We have a character that's controlled by two people. Again, that that's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, Hearthstone rolls around, and what they've been doing is every four months, it's either a huge expansion of, like, 200 cards, whatever, or they do a, a story expansion.
1: Sure. Everybody, I, I, I wasn't even aware that Hearthstone has much in the way of a story.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, they do these little, like, fun things. They, they're, they're cute. We'll use the word cute. Um... But While you you go through them, you get like 30-ish, 20-ish cards. So they came in, we're going to have a new story expansion, everybody knew it was coming. They blew everybody's mind by saying, hey, it's going to be out in like six days. (laughs) So as of this recording, it's already been out. Usually when they've done these announcements, we've had to wait like two months. Um, So first of all, that was like, oh, this is a huge shift. The other big thing is, everything that revolves... So Blizzard's a card game, it's a CCG...
1: Hearthstone is a cards game, not Blizzard...
0: (laughs) Sorry, yeah, it's early. It's really early. It,
1: it, yeah, we're recording this in the morning, so both neither you nor I are 100%.
0: <laughs> um, Hearthstone is a card collecting game. So you have a hand, you play down cards, you play down minions and spells, and you try to take down the health of the other opponent. It it's very simple in premise. It makes ve- it can make sense very easily. There's lots of layers of complexity beyond that, but it's always at the end of the day you fighting against somebody else, whether that's the computer or it is another player
1: oh, okay um, uh, so they're subverting the you versus someone else in some yes
0: way? what so <laughs> this is leave of explorers it's kind of like Indiana Jones meets Warcraft um, so how there usually is, is there's wings and then they spread this out across four or five weeks and always how it goes is you fight three minions and then you fight like the minions boss so it's it's like mini raids and then you have your raid boss at the end um, You're doing this Indiana Jones kind of raid, though. And so you are trying to collect this staff origination. Stupid name, but it's Blizzard or whatever. And so you you go through this whole thing, and the best explanation is, think of the first Indiana Jones when he grabs the the idol, and then he has to run out as, like, there's boulders chasing after him, right? That is what they're doing for the final boss for each wing. So instead of having to destroy anything, you have to survive. So they're doing this just, like, insane, like, survival, basically wave-based turn thing where you have to survive and do anything you can.
1: So, okay, so I'm trying to parse this. Basically, these special events for the Staff Origination will be you have to maybe defeat three enemies, and then the fourth final boss enemy is a survive X number of turns. Yep, where they just unleash on you and you have yes. to and you have to struggle until the end and if you survive then you complete the quest. Yep. And so it, wow. thankfully
0: like this came out on Thursday. So I, I was I, I played it immediately. I was at work at lunch. I took like a special lunch just to, be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And I uh, rushed through it, get to this and it is li- like you could tack attack the other hero if you want but it won't do anything so it'd be idiotic to do it um, and then turns just come up and they'll be like there'll be two choices and' be like you can take five damage or the second choice is you can take either zero or ten damage <laughs> and, <laughs> and so it's just like uh, do I take like the medium damage or do I have a 50/50 chance so like there's kind of fun with that uh, there was another you as you're escaping through this temple there you see an idol and like the choice was you can do nothing and you just c- continue on or you can touch the idol which might lead to danger but there'll be one less turn for you to be able to escape
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so like the, it's just kind of this it's almost like you choose choose your own adventure while you're doing this they're dropping these crazy powerful enemies on the other side that you have to get rid of and for they always have, like, a normal uh, dungeon and they have a heroic dungeon. I haven't done the heroics, but for the normal, you just had to survive 10 turns. But they were dropping things that were, like, 20-20 health. Like, 20 attack, 20 health. And it's just like, this okay. is insane.
1: <laughs> I, I, don't ha- I don't have the greatest idea of what big numbers are in Hearthstone, but those sound big.
0: <laughs> you only have 30 health. so
1: Alright, and they're dropping minions, like, non-player yep. characters that have 20. Yep. And can deal 20 damage.
0: And they're having rock slides that are taking off both sides of their enemy, like the minions. So even if you had like put up this great wall to stop everything, there will be a rock slide that destroys everything and now you have nothing left. And it, It's just, it, Hearthstone moving into BlizzCon, the meta for the actual game was very stale. Um, there was the same archetypes everybody knew hey this is mage is coming out it is going to be a freeze mage it's going to be this like you knew exactly what to expect there was only a certain number of cards maybe each deck had one or two different cards it was very very boring um, for this they not only said hey we usually do 20 they're doing like 50 cards so there's there's just more cards being injected they're doing a lot of things to kind of mix up the game and change things um and then with the expansion like the adventures usually people just roll through them and it's like all right well that was that was stupid i never want to play this again because I, I got it through it um and this is the, the, like they're getting more playful they're having more stories they're, it's not so rote and they each expansion they've gotten better and I, I think this one's just the next step along uh along that path i, I i'm legitimately really excited
1: cool uh, and I, um and they're also adding another like hundred plus cards to this expansion right
0: no, so it's just the fifty.
1: Oh, oh okay, just fifty.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think I think it's technically like fifty-four. Sure. Right. Um, but like I said, usually for these adventures, it, it's it's something really small, like twenty. Um, so it, it's double the normal, and they they've they they've always stuck to this four month thing. But they officially said, right. I, I think it was during one of the side interviews that they're going to do now every four months. Uh, so it, it's it always seems like too long of a time, but then I, I look at how much money I spend. Um, so I'm, I'm actually probably very happy. It's only every four months. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So yeah, that sounds exciting. I'm I'm st- I still think it's really cool that they're moving beyond you know uh, just one on one combat for one on one matches rather for. For Hearthstone, that's really fascinating that they're yeah. uh, that they're adding new uh, entirely new playstyles to it. Just yeah, to... and
0: it's it's not anything to do with even BlizzCon per se, but at the same, they have these weekly Tavern Brawls, which so, they just do these crazy mechanics.
1: Right, I've um, seen people on on uh, like once a week. I'll log on to play Diablo or something, and then four of my friends are playing Hearthstone ta- Tavern Brawl. It's like okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's probably something.
0: Yeah, so it's just weekly. If you win a game, you get a free pack. And they just do weird things to try to see like different ways people engage with games, how they like things. Um, but during the BlizzCon week, they actually came out with uh, there was one centralized boss. And both players were fighting against him instead of each mm. other, which is the first time they've done anything like that, too. So it, they're definitely moving in a direction of let's make this something more than just player versus player. That's and, really cool. Yeah, it's it's a really good sign for the future of the game.
1: So, um, I don't know how long we want to make this podcast, but maybe we should move on to talk. Well, about Overwatch we can move on
0: to Overwatch. That's sure. fine. I'm just as excited for that as I am, stuff I'm
1: I'm probably less excited than you are because I don't play a ton of shooting shooter games, but I really think Overwatch is fascinating. Um, it's ba- it's probably most easy to compare to Team Fortress Two. Yes. Since it's a team versus team, is it five on five or six on six?
0: I believe it's five on five.
1: Okay, so uh. 5 on 5 there's 21 characters you choose your character at the beginning but you also can change characters mid match or may- at the, maybe just at the very beginning of the match i haven't i haven't gotten into the beta but it, and but it's these really crazy sort of cyberpunky technopunky uh designs and the designs are wildly different cuz you'll have your regular you know ninja guy and sniper girl but you also have your um super intelligent uh gorilla and and a ro- and robots that f- launch turrets everywhere. A lady with an ice cannon. Uh, t- a it's a, like a samurai archer dude. Like the the character designs are all over the place and charming as hell.
0: Yeah, the, the biggest thing for me is you look at Team Fortress. I'm not gonna knock Team Fortress for when it came out. That thing was groundbreaking. Like it was amazing.
1: And then some people still play the hell out of it.
0: Yeah, which is insane. Um, but there's very like. There is one for each class. And I think what Overwatch is doing very smartly is there's multiple different versions for each class. And so, we're, like we talked about heroes, like it's so fantastic. There's so many heroes, there's so many different possibilities for strategy. I could see something very similar emerging with Overwatch of, yes, the ice cannon wielding me as good here. But if I have Genji, the techno ninja, you should be choosing this person you should be like soldier 76 like and you can have teams that emerge that are very focused and you can have those mind games like you have in a lot of the other blizzard games of nor i think you're gonna go with this so i'm gonna go like this and i think there's an extra level of complexity there for people that want to go in but still at the end of the day it's a shooter yeah, and, so, and,
1: and well, I mean, it's it'll be less than level of character complexity than in a MOBA because I think League of Legends has like 120 characters, yeah. And uh, Hots has I looked it up in the interim; it has 43 right now. But and Overwatch only has 21, but that's still more than the seven from Team Fortress, and right. it's a shooter and not a strategy action RPG thing.
0: I I'm actually interested to see how quickly this becomes. I mean, obviously, at its core, it is an arena shooter. I'm interested to see how quickly this becomes though a strategy shooter.
1: Right. And um and the different potential for combos and strategies and for different classes and different uh types of characters it really is fascinating. Right now, now please correct me if I'm wrong since you're I'm sure you're more well researched on Overwatch than I am. There's only really one kind of mission for Overwatch where you escort a a vehicle or something and try and one team tries to get the vehicle to the location and the other team is playing defense and trying to sort of get the vehicle away from the location
0: that's the main thing they focused on thus far um okay i have to imagine i mean let's be honest it is a shooter it is going to have team deathmatch. it is going to have like king of the hill type of mechanics it's going to have some sort of guardian phase which they've already showed i'm confident they're going to have that normal gamut of kind of right. different choices.
1: Yeah, right. Right now, I mean, the game is still in beta, so this is anything that we talk about. It is going to be we're not looking at the complete version of the game.
0: And neither of us are in the beta, so right. Okay, that makes it a little <laughs> bit difficult too. Um, sure. So yeah, I've just watched a boatload of uh, trailers, and for the mo- and I actually have not watched anybody play it. I really should do that. Um, but just watching all the trailers, they focus more so on the powers, and that's actually what's more exciting for me. I've played shooters my entire life. Like I. I have no problem jumping into anything. Uh, but for me, I want, I want something different. I want something that's exciting and new. Um, it's so easy to be like, hey, this is Halo, this is Call of Duty, and here's the twenty derivatives of each of those. Um, and that was Team Fortress was so wonderful, and I think that's why people get, always go back to it. Is there's not much like that.
1: And well, I think they're Um, I think developers of shooters are moving in that direction in general because. I think the new Call of Duty has character classes for yeah. one, for, for one form of multiplayer. So and- all
0: both Halo and Call of Duty have been trying more and more as they've moved on. I mean the whole perk system, the different lo- loadouts and whatnot, and they're moving into actually having skills. The issue is and that's the nice thing about Overwatch being new. Mm-hmm. There's none of that history. Like you look at Halo and it's like, well my Halo that I go back to is Halo One or Halo Two is when it was really good and like you get into those like kind of pissing wars. of, like, when this was actually good, and, oh, this new Halo 4, like, oh, it ruined this, and you always have those people just complain about the great thing about Overwatch, it comes in new and fresh.
1: I've seen people complain about Call of Duty, saying it hasn't been as good as it was in 2007 with, with, uh, when Modern Warfare came out.
0: Right, and, like, it's hard to get past that. I mean, you have, I mean, you look at those, those are just huge, huge games, those are mammoths when they come out. Like, the world shuts down for those to come out, and, I'm it's nodding almost, in
1: agreement even though you can't see me like, <laughs> in, this, in this audio-only format.
0: It, it's just one of those things. It's like there's so many people there. There's there's no way you can it, – it's very difficult to bring in a new audience and still cater to that old audience. And definitely Call of Duty, they want the same thing over and over again. They just want a new kind of polish on it. Um, And you get stuck in that rut that you can't really do much. And they're like, hey, we put zombies in it. I was like, oh, that's nice, but nobody cares. Um. And I, I think you have to turn to something like an Overwatch or a Battleborn, that you have something that starts fresh, that's from somebody that you most likely trust to, to um, Battleborn
1: is is Epic Games, right?
0: Uh, it's Gearbox.
1: Gearbox, okay, yeah. Epic Games is doing. Oh, Epic Games has some multiplayer jam that they're working on now. They're I just got confused.
0: Doing that tower building game that they're still been working on for right. A while. Right, I cannot okay. think of the name right now. I
1: can't think of it either. But um, whatever, this it really is fascinating, especially since Blizzard has never released a shooter before. <laughs> Put in your StarCraft ghost joke here. <laughs> and uh, it, it's it's not a new type of game exactly, but they're taking it further than that uh, than an arena class based shooter has ever gone. Right. And and Blizzard, if anything, if you play a Blizzard game, you know it will be polished to a blinding sheen. Yes, and it, uh, and it will be like play tested and run smoothly, like, uh, like crazy. So, yeah, and, and it'll be balanced every month and a half. So, it's, well... it, you, I think you can. Ex- I'm sorry to keep interrupting, but you can really expect when Overwatch lands, it's gonna be, it's gonna be something really cool that will immediately have a lot of people interested in
0: it. I think more importantly than that is it's something that you know you're going to have for a very long time. Uh, the easiest comparison I have to this is Evolve that came out earlier in the year, and everybody was super hyped for it. It comes out, and it came kind of like a wet fart in church. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, it, it over, um, Evolve seemed cool when it came out, but who the hell is still playing Evolve in November? Nobody.
0: And they're, they're not supporting it, there's no content updates, they, they, they have left that thing to die. And the one thing about Blizzard is, first, they do not let their things die, they just double down on it. Um, and then with them being so focused on esports, you know that there's going to be, we're going to be here two BlizzCons from now, having the same podcast, and then be like, the, the roster's up to now 50. And they did this crazy Overwatch character that's controlled by two people. you know like they're going to stick with this there's going to be content this is going to be something that this is going to have a life of at least four to five years and so when you're looking at it it's like i want do i want to like make this investment do i want to try this i'm not sure this is actually going to be a thing it's something that you know at the very least there's going to be content updates it's something that blizzard will do their normal polish for a very long time
1: yeah i agree they're um they're not uh gonna let Overwatch be a flash in the pan. Even if it's no. not immediately successful, they're gonna keep pushing it and keep adding to it, yes. and and uh, and hope in the hopes of it getting more successful the next time. Yeah. And you mentioned two years from now it'll have 50 characters, but I'm 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 not so certain about that because I don't know if they're gonna do the MOBA character route necessarily.
0: Is I it... am shocked they have not, but I fully expect this to have a MOBA component at, at some point.
1: Let's talk about that a little bit because Heroes of the Storm they release a new character for free either um every 3 or 4 weeks and then you can buy that character either with in-game currency which you earn by playing or with real money. And but uh, but Heroes of the Storm also does not have a purchase price. You, you 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 can jump in it in it for free, play a few missions, get some gold and then start buying heroes permanently. And some heroes are uh a, a new group of 7 heroes is free every week. Right. But for Overwatch, um, this is a little controversial. There, at least people were talking about it uh, quite a bit when it was announced. You, um, It has a $40 purchase price immediately. But all 21 characters are, I think maybe they're calling them heroes. All 21, yes. all 21 heroes are in the game. And once you buy them, you can use any of those 21 heroes without, without any issue.
0: And Which so, I'm ecstatic about. I'm right. so happy you can just buy it.
1: Right? And also I'm they're, shocked
0: they're, they did that, <laughs> but I am so happy they did that.
1: Yeah, I was. I thought it was going to be a, a free-to-play MOBA-style game uh, before they announced that. It was that was my assumption. And then there's also a $60 version of the game that gives you a bunch of extras like skins, and they're doing Blizzard does the cross-pollination thing where buying the special edition gives you a bunch of little treats for all of your other Blizzard games, like a tracer who is a Overwatch uh, hero is gonna be playable in Heroes of the Storm. I think I mentioned that earlier. Yep. And if you buy the Origins version, then you get her for free in Heroes of the Storm.
0: So I have so, to stop you right there. Right. Did you already pre-order? I did not. I have already pre-ordered the PS4 version.
1: Okay. Oh no and, oh, and also the Origin versions only are play are coming to PS4 and Xbox One. And yes. the forty the forty dollar version and sixty dollar versions are both coming to PC. So we know that and we know that I mean, I think both of us are going to assume there's going to be more Overwatch characters than those initial 21, but how are they going to be released?
0: Uh, So, uh, I'm going to touch on that quickly in a minute. I think, first of all, where I was saying MOBA tendencies, I think you have the traditional arena shooter. I think you have those mechanics. I think at some point, though, they do something like uh, Titanfall did, where there is heroes, but you have your quote-unquote creep of like stupid minions that run around—they're AI controlled for each sure. side, right? Okay. Um, they're just kind of fodder, but they—they they add more something like more something something to it. Um,
1: yeah, hot, um, all MOBAs have those. Like the there's yeah. there's creep waves in in uh, or minion waves in Heroes of the Storm.
0: Right, and I think that's where it comes. I'm not, I'm not necessarily convinced that it'll be like we're trying to destroy this tower, but I, I think that there'll be a component of that when it launches. Or
1: you think I might, bat- maybe a horde mode where you just fight tons of minion waves as a group for, uh, for a score?
0: I don't know. I mean, maybe. and like, I, There's so much that they can do with this. and That's where it's like I'm confident they can make this a game that has content for many many years. Um, for buying heroes that becomes interesting. Um, the knee-jerk reaction is, hey you bought this game, we're going to do DLC packs so you can buy three heroes for five bucks. Um, I
1: wish it would be that cheap. I, I know a, a new hero. If you if you spend money on every hero that comes in Heroes of the Storm, it's ten dollars every three weeks.
0: Right. Yeah, okay. and it, I'm I'm putting a very nice spin on what the, the dollar would be. <laughs> um, the the calloused Hearthstone version of me says, "Hey, buy these card packs, and there's a one in seventy chance that you'll actually get the hero that came out." Um, <laughs> I I don't, I don't know. Like, I, there's obviously gonna be some way to do it if you play the game there's some way that you can just put money in that's something that they have proven with all their games thus far I mean, they,
1: they, the microtransactions will be a part of the game somehow the question is is it going to be for characters and gameplay influencing stuff or is it just costumes is 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 the question i think is going to be i'm not sure how they're going to add it i i think it's going to be something really close to heroes okay but that would, you know, that would be my best guess. Um do you know what, what uh game I think is most comparable to Overwatch in terms of what their pricing structure is? It's I not, do not know what game not, you're talking about. It's not a blizzard game. I'm talking about Street Fighter five. <laughs>
0: yes. Because I, I think that's a very good comparison. Yeah,
1: Street Fighter Five is launching with sixteen characters, not counting boss characters, for a flat fee for PS four and PC. Uh I think next I think next year in like February yes. or something. February, and, which I don't think it'll be out in February, yeah. but But then they're going to start adding uh, new characters one by one as the game continues on. And like a MOBA – like Heroes of the Storm even, you can either pay with in-game money that you earn from playing or with real money that you earn from a job probably. And uh, so I think that that would make sense for Overwatch to have a steady stream of new content and new characters and have them be playable either with in-game rewards or with real money.
0: Yeah. Because uh, I, I absolutely agree.
1: If it was only real money, people would be upset because they would they would immediately accuse the game of being paid to win.
0: Well, but, and then also it's something that as a console gamer you're used to, but I don't think the Blizzard Legion as a whole is used to it.
1: Well, I mean the Blizzard Legion as a whole is used to paying subscription fees and things like that, and the console Legion mostly prefers to have a. Com- to have the complete game in one package but it's uh, we we don't know exactly how they're going to go for uh, how they're going to um pay for new content going forward but it's really interesting that they chose not to make it free to play from the get-go yes and um i mean you pre-ordered it and you're really keen on playing it and i'm 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 more of taking a wait and see attitude i want to i want to learn know a little bit more on how the pricing structure and how the and, and how all of the content shakes out well, before I, I pre-order. I needed
0: my Hearthstone card back, so we'll, right. mm. we'll just leave it at that. Um, that yeah, Tracer so, Hero
1: does look good.
0: And the Tracer Hero is awesome, because I still need my, as many heroes as I can get in that game. Um, so yeah, we then we kind of roll into... Going from really excited for me for Hearthstone and Overwatch, we roll into something that like, I don't care anymore and that's World of Warcraft.
1: Yeah, and I again I never played World of Warcraft. I'll read about this after the fact. Um World of Warcraft Legion, Broken Isles are playable. They went to the Broken Isles in Warcraft 2 sometime. And uh Illidan's coming back. Illidan's one of the, is a raid boss again.
0: Which Illidan's awesome, but it, it's one of those things. This is this is how it is happened and this is I, I can't remember uh what the last expansion was called. Um
1: Warlords of Draenor.
0: Yes, thank you. I uh, I was looking at it and I stared at it and there's people at work that were gonna play it. I have a bunch of friends that were gonna play it. They're jumping back in and I sat on, I like, I had it in my cart for weeks. and I finally did not click buy and I'm so okay. happy. Okay, you you
1: you you had it in your cart for weeks online. You you didn't like go to Target and stay there for weeks staring at a game in your red card.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> they they probably would have kicked me out or like called the loony bin on me. I don't know. Um. But yeah, so I, it's one of those things that Like I, I really, really honestly debated. I loved my time with World of Warcraft. I really, really enjoyed it. Those are some of my favorite gaming memories. Uh, it's just something that feels like it's in the past. And it feels like everything they do is trying to bring that excitement back. And I, I, I'm not sure there's actually a way to do it. And I, I know that's, that sounds really terrible. Like you, you look at it and it's like, oh, the cinematic trailer sounds really cool. Hey, they have this new class that's really exciting, and you look at it, it's like, oh, I have oh, the it's, horde it's and the alliance a, battle together, and it's, it's a like
1: demon hunter class, yeah, which demon powers, which which you I know just ties want Diablo ties...
0: to yeah. come in,
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure. But that that ties into bringing in Illidan, who's also a demon hunter, right.
0: guy. Um, it's just I I just don't care anymore. And I, I feel terrible saying that because I like five, well, eight years ago, me would beat the crap out of me for saying that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, I I've moved on to other things. Like if I want that type of experience, like a loot driven experience that I can even play with other people, I'd much rather play Diablo three.
1: Right, I've and do it,
0: it, it's just it's hard for me to go back. And I I'm not even excited. Like Draenor, like I I was getting amped up. Like I was very very close to pulling the trigger on going back on that Legion. I have I can't swear on this podcast. I give two f's about. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, yeah, you're a lapsed fan. You had your, you know, you you had your time with World of Warcraft. You had your amount of enjoyment you could get from World of Warcraft, and now the, you know, the you're 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 basically done, and it'll take something really crazy to drag you back in. Yep. I and they're just I not this, doing it. Yeah, I don't think that's unreasonable. But I mean, even though World of Warcraft is at its all-time low, you know, since it first launched. Uh, in terms of subscribers, that that's still five million people that play yep. that pay for World of Warcraft every month. And so pay and, is
0: the key thing. I will come back as soon as it's free.
1: Right. I, yeah, that makes sense. But it, the, it, as um, soon as
0: it's free, it's day one. I will download that. I will. I'll actually buy any expansion I need to to get up to that point that is free.
1: Right. And even though World of Warcraft is not Blizzard's top dog anymore, I think their top earner is is almost certainly Hearthstone. Hearthstone dominates. Yeah. Uh. That. That five, those five million people are nothing to are nothing to you know turn your nose at. So I think no. they're gonna they're gonna keep making WoW expansions as long as there are people that are willing in large numbers that are willing to pay for World of Warcraft. So which makes me ecstatic
0: because when it eventually goes free, there will be a boatload of contact premium experience. Oh yeah,
1: it's gonna be crazy, and it'll be uh, man, that that'll be. like end of an era when world of warcraft goes free to play since it took i think it took star wars the old republic about six months to go free to play yeah if if world of warcraft goes free to play next year it will have been 12 years
0: which is insane
1: so uh
0: and i'm excited then to watch you who have never played it before jump into 12 years of gaming and watch your life just deteriorate
1: Yeah, wow, I'll, Like no one will ever hear me hear from me ever again unless they send me a message in the WoW chat. Uh,
0: I'm going to have to make so, a trip out to see you and just like drag you out of your place.
1: He's like, come on, man, you live in Washington, D.C. There's all kinds of crazy stuff to experience here. He's like, nope, World of Warcraft, stuck in Azeroth.
0: I'll Goodbye. be like taking you to the Lincoln Memorial and be like, that reminds me of a time of somebody else sitting on a throne. I'm like, no, that's, <laughs> that's not comparable. Sure. So, so,
1: so how do we uh, transition out of World of Warcraft discussion into a game that I am excited about? You
0: mean the only reason you agreed to do this podcast with me?
1: I like her. I wanted to talk about <laughs> Heroes of the Storm as well.
0: No, no you please. wanted to talk about Diablo. Don't act, don't act like you didn't. So go on. Like I, this is the moment the podcast. Everybody's aware. I probably mute my mic and just walk away. Okay. But...
1: All right. Well, I'll still occasionally direct something at you and maybe getting a grunt in return in, in case on the off chance that you are still around. But um, Diablo three announced a ton of new patch information uh, for the 2.4. They did not get a spot in the main stage. Diablo was not mentioned in the opening ceremony. You had to go to the special, um, they had like a fake in set up with, uh, with, with developers and beers that you could um just hang out at and uh and then they had a a an, I think it was an hour or an hour and a half long uh disc reveal of the new patch and then a discussion and a Q and A so and and the air the Diablo section of BlizzCon was smaller than the bathrooms. <laughs> uh, lo- looking at it, at looking at the map, you could tell that Diablo was off in a corner because it's not making ongoing money with microtransactions and it doesn't have a new expansion to announce. So which I, dumbfounded about.
0: I'm not yeah. sure if there just wasn't a, there. We we kind of alluded to it at the beginning. This is, I think, to me at least personally, like the biggest BlizzCon that there's been. Like this was insane.
1: Yeah, it was huge. Uh, I mean, I mean, they had six games that to focus on for the first time ever.
0: Right, and I I, I can I could hear like, oh, they announced StarCraft two. That would have been huge, and I agree. Like, there's moments, but when you look at the grand spectrum of everything that was announced, this one was massive. And I'm not sure if there just wasn't enough space left, but it seemed like. Going into it, this was the logical time to be like, hey, here's an expansion.
1: Well, it's yeah, coming they...
0: to PC, PS4, Xbox One on this date. Get excited. It's going to be the comparable of – wow, I'm terrible at names this morning. Sure. The Reaper <laughs> of Souls.
1: Right. Well, um, I, I actually thought there were, might have been an expansion announcement since uh... – if they announced one, it would probably come out in twenty in mid, say mid 2016, and Reaper of Souls came out in mid 2014. So it'll, it'll, it'll it will have it would have been two years. Uh, the fan it, it's Diablo three still getting a lot of play, uh, and they're updating it constantly. I thought we had a chance of a new expansion, but that didn't happen. What we are getting is this 2.4 patch where, uh, are Basically making every, there's they're changing and adding a bunch of new legendary items. Everything is going to be, the numbers are going to get bigger. Everyone's going to seem more powerful. I think 10 item sets got reworked to be as powerful as the current top item sets. And they're introducing uh four, I think, no, three new zones, or uh, dungeons, kind of like the Ruins of Sessharon from the last patch that are, that Barbarian dungeon in Act 3. They're having mm-hmm. three new dungeons like that. Um, Which
0: I really liked that section. Oh, yeah, like, exactly. I, I thought that was really cool.
1: Yeah, new dungeons, new, new, the new content in the form of dungeons to explore and quests within those, those dungeons is great. I am excited for all three of those. But they've also, along with the revamped sets, they have these special things called set dungeons. Where you, to unlock a set dungeon, first you need to have the entire item set equipped. And they're making getting item sets easier now, since there's going to be you're going to have item sets as rewards for completing seasonal quests on the PC version, and uh, a different way other than seasons for console versions, since they don't have the PC seasons. Yeah, which is super annoying. Yeah. Somebody that plays on the
0: PS4, like I, I always look over. It's like those seasons. That would be enough for me to play every month, right, instead that, of dropping in what... occasionally.
1: Yeah, well, I mean the seasons are more like every 3 or 4 months, but uh every time a new season launches, the like the number of the do- the Diablo 3 player base multiplies by 10 and they play yeah. for a solid month and then it wanes down until the next season. But for this new season, you it'll be easier to get sets and once you have a full set equipped, you can do some quests in these three new dungeons to unlock a set dungeon, which is a portal kind of like a rift or a greater rift. And basically that set dungeon will have enemies and and objectives and rewards tailored to that set so let's say i uh, i'm playing a wizard and i have the full firebird set which is like um the more enemies that are taking fire damage the more your damage goes up and if you die you explode and then immediately revive once every 4 minutes or something i think uh, it's more complicated than that but it's just a bunch of <laughs> bunch of fire damage and you can revive like a phoenix once every 4 minutes um the en- like the enemies in the in that firebird armor set dungeon will just be tightly grouped bunches of enemies that are that are practically begging to be set on fire and objectives like have a hundred enemies set on fire at the same time um kill a hundred enemies with your firebird explosion and like and complete and just basically dungeons geared towards the skills used in specific sets that give you rewards tailored for those specific sets and then um, ongoing seasonal achievements for mastering all 24 sets in the game, because every, cl- every each one of the six classes has four sets that represents a different play style. Each it is nuts. Like it, they're they're uh, for a new Diablo player, you probably don't you probably don't understand 80% of the words I just said. But if you're a new if you're an, you know a Diablo player, that is already invested and uh know about set hunting and building around set items and and you know how rifts and greater rift uh portals work it sounds amazing they're just doubling down on the uh on the hardcore diablo reward stuff and uh it's it looks awesome and it doesn't cost anyone a dime it's
0: uh that's the biggest thing like i i just don't
1: yeah, and and they, they didn't do an announcement for it, but it looks like that the current season, which is Season 4 on the 2.3 patch, is ending in December, and uh, the 2.4 patch in Season 5 and all this new content is going to launch in early
0: 2016. I So I love Diablo. I really like it. It's too bad that I've spent hundreds of hours on the PS4 version, because I, I miss out on a lot of this extra stuff most of the time for the PC. Um, and also I can't play with you which yeah, probably ruined tough. my life <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, every game we have talked about they have made some way to have recurring income off of um, and Diablo is that weird like black box where it's like we're going to dump time and effort and make this perfect experience for the player but we're not going to ask for anything else like we don't, we don't want more money and that's so confusing to me because I feel like there has to be something that they're working on
1: Right. Um and going back in time a little bit. Remember there was a Diablo 3 auction house where you could spend <laughs> you could spend real money to get items. But that made people furious because that really uh you could make the pay to win argument for Diablo at that time. I I, I didn't like it either.
0: That's and, one of those things that's, that's just not it, my Diablo. It's insane to look at. You look at Diablo 3 when it came out and you look at Diablo 3 post like loot 2.0 post Reaper of Souls and now where we are today and the changes they have made that is not even close to being the same game that it used to be it is a hundred times better
1: it is so awesome now when it was such a turnoff for many fans when it launched in uh, I think 2012 and but the thing is if they if they knew what they knew now they would have not had a, an auction house. They would have had cosmetic changes like wings and pets right. and uh, transmogs for your skin. Transmogs are uh, are appearance changes where you enchant your armor to look different. Even, but it doesn't have any game. It doesn't have any gameplay change. If they had sold those and and started. Uh, and started you know started slow and then made them more and more available then people would be 100% cool with it and people would be spending thousands of dollars on Diablo every month
0: legitimately but, my saddest moment of Diablo 3 was going from my 360 version to my PS4 version because i lost my pre order wings oh
1: oh no that's a bummer
0: yeah it didn't trans it was like the only thing that didn't transfer over I actually, I, it crushed me i was so sad
1: yeah, i i don't have any i uh I didn't have any pre-order bonus stuff for Reaper of Souls or regular Diablo 3 since I started playing Reaper of Souls earlier this year instead of when it launched. So I don't have any... I don't have any wings. I have a couple pets from Seasonal Rewards, but I don't have any wi- dope-ass wings, and that makes me really sad.
0: <laughs> Those uh, were, like, I was, like, I, I was so excited. I got my PS4, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm setting it up and doing this weird transfer, and then, like, there's this little tiny mess. Just pops up, I was like, by the way, any prior items aren't going to come over. i like, yeah, right, okay, whatever. Accept. Go downstairs, like, s- turn it on. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. I was like, why is my purse? Oh, yeah, they look they weird because they don't have wings.
1: Yep. Yeah, that really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be more... <laughs> there's there's going to be more be, wings? There's going to be more wings. I I promise. <laughs> I think you might even have gotten some wings from your BlizzCon virtual ticket. I'm not sure about that.
0: Though. Probably. And
1: they did mention... I don't know if I said this before, but they did mention that a lot of the seasonal exclusive stuff in the PC version is going to find its way onto console. Yeah, probably I be being so happy when that probably, happens. Yeah, probably via patching or via some kind of quest rewards. But... Dude, I mean, especially since it's only a patch and not an expansion, this it's seems insane. like, it's it's crazy. It seems like so much stuff. Like, Diablo fans, even though they didn't get the expansion that many of us wanted, we're going to have a lot of new toys to play with once this drops. And I'm excited. I'm probably going to roll a wizard since that's the class I've spent the least amount of time in. And, uh, yeah, go nuts once this patch drops in 2016.
0: So, for all fans of RPG Fan and Retro Encounter, don't expect to see anything from Mike Salosi in the next year. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll check in with
1: you in July of 2016.
0: Awesome. That that sounds wonderful. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that uh, that's going to do it for us in BlizzCon. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed our Blizzard Encounter, um, as we've decided to coin it. Uh, as always, you can reach out to us on Twitter or the boards. Um, Please let us know what you guys want. This is going to be the first of most likely many bonus rounds.
1: Right, uh, yeah. We, we um uh, Outside of the podcast, we've talked about things that we would love to talk about on the podcast, but don't really fit. Yeah, um, like
0: one-off conversations that become huge genre things or industry-wide things. Or we want to talk about games that we could no way in hell, ever finish in a month?
1: Yeah, uh, there's there are ga- one game in particular I'm thinking of, but there are games that we want to talk about on the podcast but would be totally unfair to ask a listener or a, a podcaster to finish in one month.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna start doing uh, progressively more and more theme-based supplementary podcasts outside of like this is not going to affect our normal month of having three games. These are gonna be totally just like one-off things. It might be two people, it could be three, it could be four people jumping on this. So we'd love to have some feedback. Uh, first of all, how much you like this. Um, but when we start doing more and more, like we'll obviously bring up like, can you guys let us know like is there a topic you'd like to hear? Um, obviously, we're this that's more of a 2016 thing. Um, But just so you guys are aware of kind of the future where the podcast is going to go.
1: Yeah, you don't have to just ask us to play certain games for Retro Encounter. Now you can ask us to talk about whatever you want. And we will listen because we read every email and every post on the forums that is directed to us.
0: Yep. Yeah. So 2015 was us getting kind of our feet wet with podcasting, getting this kind of on the getting this working and running and making sure we knew what we were doing uh, 2016 is going to be kind of a year of growth for us and we'll, we'll do a bunch of new kind of hopefully fun and exciting things for you guys um, so hopefully you'll like it so yeah, just let us know um, maybe if this is a big enough thing we can convince uh, people that run RPG Fan to send us to BlizzCon next year uh, fingers crossed on that, right?
1: I would have no objections <laughs> if they were able to help me go to blizzcon in 2016 i don't know if it'll happen but oh that'd be cool
0: yeah yeah so yeah that that that's gonna do it for this bonus round um thanks for listening
1: goodbye